you know, it's always hard to have a rebuilding year. It's hard to have a rebuilding year after a pandemic. Um, I say that like it's a, like, you know, every time you have a rebuilding <laughs> after a pandemic, that's the worst. Um, <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to a brand new episode, a very special episode of Battery Mates. Uh, with me, as always, from, uh, from, from England, I would say. That's what I, w- I would describe it as England, uh, is Matthew McGregor. Hello, Toby. Hello. It is good to join you from England. Some people call it England. Uh, it's also Great Britain. Great you can Britain. call it the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, Canada East. Canada ever... East. Lancashire. I'm in Lancashire. Or the historic county of Lancashire. Oh. Running out of things to say now though. Okay. But it's good to it's good to be with you. <laughs> and it's been uh, a while. Yeah, it has. Uh to the point where I don't even know where we go from here and with this with this program. Um well, I do we do we talk about what do we talk about on the show? Are, I, let's talk about baseball at some point. Yeah. But we don't have to do that straight away. No, it's a very special episode because today is, it's a Kate Stamen London birthday edition episode of this. Um, she won't be on the program. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up here. Um, but we do have a very special guest uh, with us uh, f- coming in from a year in Washington, D.C., I assume. Yeah, yeah I don't know. it used to be England, but now it's just Washington, <laughs> D.C., America. Uh, that's, uh, you all recognize the voice of Steve Crouppen, uh, former White House speechwriter. Uh, for President Obama, and now a managing director at uh, SKDK, right? Is that right? That's right. I'm keeping That's track right. of you. I, uh, yeah, I'm keeping track. Keeping, keeping track. Um, so, but, you know, Steve, wait a second here. We need to talk to Matthew about our running segment about what the hell is happening over there. We, we started this early in, the, in the, the sixth season of Battery Mates when there was a lot going on over there, and we're just going to continue to do it even though, as far as I know, nothing is happening uh, in the United <laughs> Kingdom. So, Matthew, what the hell is happening over there? Uh, uh, there's a couple of things I want to update you on. Yes. The, the first thing is that we are having a 1970s-style fuel crisis where there is not enough fuel in the gas stations, and gas stations are literally closing down, and people are, uh, are queuing up in their cars to get gas because we don't have enough truck drivers to get the gas to the gas stations because we haven't been training anyone for a long time. And because we pay those truck drivers absolute trash and because we left the European Union and so no European drivers can come over and, and drive our trucks. So we are uh, what is going on over here is that we are experiencing Brexit in all of its glory and um, it, it is not actually that great. So, um, hmm. you know, when when they said before the referendum that, you know, everyone's scaremongering. It's not like f- food is going to f- run out and uh, we won't have fuel in our cars. They were literally wrong, the opposite <laughs> of wrong, uh, the opposite of right. Um, that's the first thing that's happening. The second thing that's happening is that Norwich City are um, really um, uh, what the French would describe as laying a cable. They are uh, doing very, very badly in the Premier League. Uh, we have played six games and we have um, won zero games. We've scored one goal from uh, open play, and we are very, very much at the bottom of the Premier League. So 
that that all oh, that sucks. And then the third thing I want to say is not so much happening over here, although it, it's happened to me over here. But this is an over there <laughs> thing. I I am very unhappy about my fantasy baseball situation. Um, I know nobody cares about your fantasy baseball <laughs> team, but I am very very cross. I won the division. We have a like a head to head division uh, ending in a playoff. I won uh, 21 out of the 23 weeks. Holy! Uh, in my in my in my uh, fantasy baseball, um, winning by over 12 games uh, against the, the the team in second place. So like I I I I dominated, I dominated, and then I lost in the first week of the playoffs, and I don't think that's right. I, I don't <laughs> think that's right, and I and I think that this isn't just about me. This isn't just like I tried hard and won my baseball uh, regular season by a very very long way, and now I lost in the playoffs, and and that sucks. It's not just about me. It's about the game. It's about the integrity of the of of the sport itself. And if you can't um, honor and recognize the the people that have done the best, and you're gonna honor and recognize people that just kind of like phoned it in and then came good at the very end, what does that say about not just the sport but the country and and our approach our approach to life? So it is a sad day for me. Um, but I also think it's a sad day for baseball and for the United States. Well, that sound I'm hearing is a whole bunch of listeners getting their um, online petitions in order. Um, <laughs> is this a Yahoo League or an ESPN League? It's a Yahoo League. Well, that's going to be complicated because we are in negotiations for a, a sponsorship with Yahoo. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you're saying good things about the league. It's just the spirit of the the law Griffin, I think how are the you way the, it was set up <laughs> by the commissioner that's the problem it was the commissioner Griffin, uh how are you doing um we we start these these episodes with uh these days with rapid fire questions but you know just to get you settled in here is there anything you want to get off your chest about your fantasy league maybe or uh anything else uh going on in, in your life i i have enough stress with my reality league that i can i can't do the fantasy sports um so it's it's been a few years since I tried to pretend to care about, you know, having to root for a pitcher on the Pirates or, you know, a second baseman on the Mariners or something because it, I had a personal investment in it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been a weird baseball season for everybody. But, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're about a month away from having our own new little battery mate move in. Big our own, news. Our own late, yeah, our own late season call up. Um, so uh, that's <laughs> I, we the the due date is World Series time, which is which is not how the doctor described it, but uh, <laughs> it's, how I, it's how I heard it. Uh, and then um, shortly thereafter, uh, the Nationals very generously freed up my October. So um, <laughs> so it's, I, I'm cool whenever whenever you get there. Mr. October, Mr. November, whenever. Hey Toby, you're not gonna you're you're no longer gonna be the tiny one on the battery mates team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have two kids that are both bigger than, than I am now, so that's not, that's not great. <laughs> that's uh, what we all want in America. Yeah. <laughs> all right, should we go Let's into the rapid fire? I'm gonna go first. What is the most memorable thing about the last game you attended? 
Great question. The last game I attended, the last game I attended was also the first game I'd attended at Nationals Park since game five of the 2019 World Series. And it could not have been more different. <laughs> I went to game five of the World Series. It was, a, you know, going into the game, it was the series was tied two to two. Like, what could be a more consequential game? It was obviously going to be either way the last, the last home game of the year. Um, the next game I would go to in person was um, just a couple of weeks ago, and it was like all of the variables of what you would make up if you were trying to go to the least important game ever. It was a Tuesday, which to me just feels like the least important night of the week. Uh, it was against Miami, right? <laughs> um it obviously meant nothing right both of these teams it was in september uh, <laughs> like everyone on the marlins was were wearing numbers like 78 79 83 <laughs> right it's like those things that you go to a baseball game and you see those numbers in the field and you're like no one cares and <laughs> the reason i'm telling you all this is it was absolutely glorious it was just watching a baseball game i didn't have to worry about any consequences not that that stuff isn't you know Fun to fun to observe, obviously. That's why we're our fans of the sport. But just to watch the game, just to watch a baseball. It's like if you pulled up to a a college game or a minor league game and you just watched the game, and it was great. And um, I, I texted Matthew and I was like, "This is the first game I've been to in a long time, and it doesn't mean anything, and I'm so happy." And uh, it's it's true, right? It it like it meant everything and meant nothing, and that it was fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> growing up, those were all the baseball games I went to in the 1980s <laughs> Cleveland Baseball Club. Um, but yeah, I, I, I th very romantic about that sort of like garbage time baseball. Um, okay, t question number two: If you had a vote, and you might, um, who's the uh, National League MVP this year? Uh, and I, I, you know, if I don't know how closely you're paying attention, but it seems like the finalists are Harper, Tatis, Soto. I've seen some mention of Trey Turner, which is is rough, but yeah, what what do you who are you voting for if you had a? Uh, I'm gonna try to be um, a bigger person here and say <laughs> Bryce Harper, even though um, I don't want to say it, I don't feel it, I'm not happy about it. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, but you know, the the most valuable player I've always thought is is the most valuable person to that team, right? It's like if the team themselves voted. Who would that person be? And um, there's no doubt that the Phillies would not be anywhere near where they are right now without him. Mm. Um, and if the Nats didn't have Juan Soto, we would still be in last place. <laughs> uh, he is incredible, though. I say he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you plan to spend the final few days of the baseball season? Um, I'm actually going to be going to one of the final games at uh nats park the final series and it's because we're playing we're hosting the red sox and uh so it feels like you know there's there's something going on in the sporting world that matters um uh so i'm gonna be going to one of those games this series and then the rest of the way just preparing to watch some playoffs that's exciting. We'll get to that uh, series in in Washington. I think it's in Washington, right? Uh, if you're going, <laughs> it makes sense that it'd be in Washington um, in, a, in a little bit in a, in a future segment. Um, all right. Okay. If you had to write a speech for any player, past or present, who would it be? 
if I had to write a speech for any player, past or present, who would that be? Um, Lou Gehrig doesn't need a speechwriter, right? We've all <laughs> we've, we've all witnessed that. He can write his own material. Um, what an interesting question. Uh, it's got to be Jackie Robinson. Right? So, I mean, one of one of the one of the wonderful things about getting to do the kind of work that um, we've been fortunate enough to do, and one of the best pieces of advice I got uh, going into the White House was that every speech is a speech about America, meaning mm-hmm. you're not just talking about jobs and you're not just talking about schools, you're not just talking about healthcare, you're talking about all those bigger values that that represents, whether opportunity, fairness, equality, all those lovely things we believe in. And that kind of zooming out, I think, is an important part of communications, but it also, um, you know, nobody represents that better than someone like Jackie Robinson, where that speech would not be about baseball it would be about so many bigger things that's a good answer that's a fucking good answer um all right last question if you if you had to choose uh uh between um being at the birth of your child or seeing the washington nationals play in game seven of the world series where would you be can i can i rephrase that just slightly because i think the way this decision would play out is you wouldn't know necessarily that day is you you the choice is you have the ticket it's also a day or two away from your due date are you going that is such a good question so that's different than like i'm at the game do i pretend that i didn't get the call <laughs> <laughs> service was terrible my phone wasn't on do not disturb right um uh i, I think uh you know, we're, we're close to that day now. And, and the feeling is like, just don't move, right? Don't, <laughs> don't go anywhere. At the same time, I have just told you and all three of your listeners that I'm going to a game this weekend. And we're like, we're in the zone where it yeah. could conceivably happen. So, um, and, and that game doesn't mean anything. It's an interleague game uh, where, you know, God knows who's <laughs> going to be pitching from Rochester for the Nationals. <laughs> Yeah, you can get to wherever you're going from Nationals Park pretty easy. The metro's right there. Um, you, you, you didn't. You didn't really answer the question, and by by implication, you're saying you wouldn't rule out going to the game. Uh, I, I think. Well, God, Game Seven of the World Series, huh? Um, you know what? I'm just going to go with I'm not going to go because we all know that's the right answer, and uh, <laughs> it's, easy, it's much easier to defend on the other side. And this is your first child, right? Yeah, this is number so one. First child, I think you. Yeah, there's no. I mean, second child, I my my COVID vaccine was happening like moments in the in the same window as when uh, my son Elliot was born, and we really thought about whether I should go get the vaccine at the at the United Center um, while while we were in the hospital. We didn't, but it, we really thought about it uh, as a couple. You know, we were as a you know it, it was a, it was a decision we made together. Um, <laughs> So you're saying getting the vaccine and going to Game 7 of the World Series, same thing. Uh, at the time, it felt like that. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, a once-in-a-century once in a century event that will live on in, in memory and uh, a pandemic. I would say my answer's got to be a little different now. I mean, having had our team just win one a couple of years ago. You know, if you asked me that question when it was unfathomable. Yeah. 
Yeah, if someone would say, if someone would have said, "Hey, uh, I got tickets to the game in Houston. Can you fly in for this?" That's not that's not that's not happening, probably. Um, yeah. Although my my wife is from Houston, so I could probably play dumb and get away with it and be like, "Oh, I just went to the wrong hospital." <laughs> <laughs> I have a bonus, a, a, word, a, a word writer's question for you, because um, you're a writer. Do you, do you personally use or do you, uh, the, the Red Sox and White Sox as a singular noun? Can you do that? Does that make you, does that bother you? What's your opinion on that? It's such a good question. And I'll tell you why it's a good question. It's a good question because you have um, a British person on your show. And... Some might call him an English person or a United <laughs> Kingdom person. Um, I have always been baffled by the fact that in British English, or as you would call it, Matthew English, you <laughs> switch up the plural and singular for team. So it's like Norwich um, have a game. Hmm. That's not a good example, but you know what I mean, right? It's like, um, when we have, uh, when we talk about American sports teams, we say it like the, uh, the nationals as a plural unit. And you say the British teams are a singular unit. Mm -hmm. And what's strange is when American media like ESPN cover soccer, they use this British plural, uh, singular thing. Even though it's, we're still in America and we're talking about American teams in like the MLS. <laughs> and I never understood that. It's a very long way around your question, which I, I'm now realizing uh, is a rapid fire segment that I'm turning into. <laughs> no, it's great. You can, you can get back to us segment. in a future episode. I mean, um, I, I yeah. see it in. Like, I, I think it's awkward to say he is a Red Sox. Yeah. Right? That's strange. Um, or. He is a Red Sox wouldn't make sense either, but you know you have to say he plays for the Red Sox. Yeah, it's not. It's it's kind of it reminds me of how I've been dancing around the actual name of my baseball team for five seasons. Um, so <laughs> one more six more months and I don't have to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so we go around the horn on actual things happening in baseball. I think what everybody wants to hear us talk about is this the rap, regular season wrapping up, the playoff picture, what it looks like. Uh, you know, just to, to for those of you who aren't paying attention, which you know, knowing our fan bases that follow the show, um, all, all all three fans out there, um, it, they're probably not paying attention to what's going on in baseball right now. Not much. the the A the American League um, has uh, the, the Rays have run away with uh, the East. Um, they will be the one seed no matter what happens. Uh, Houston and White Sox are currently battling for the, the two seed. They've both won their divisions. Um, I think, yeah, they both clinched, I believe. Uh, they'll play each other in the first round. Uh, National League, uh, it'll be the Giants, the Dodgers, in the West. They'll be the one seed no matter what because they're both going to win like 104, 106 games. Uh, uh, the Giants currently lead by two games in that division. Um, and we're recording this on Thursday evening, so it's, you know, who knows what will happen there um the brewers are the two seed the braves are the three seed they'll play each other um and then in the wild card the national league is completely done it'll be the dodgers or giants whoever doesn't win their division and the cardinals who literally just got done winning 17 in a row to run away with the second wild card uh, by the way winning 17 in a row and you're like still di a distant second in the wild card is 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 remarkable um but the american league is up in the air and we'll get to that in a second 
Um, let's talk quickly about the National League West because I think this is a very interesting. I think most people predicted that the the Dodgers, or as I like to call them, the Yankees West, uh, that they're you know they would kind of walk away with this division based on what they did in the off season. And uh, and if you would have told us then that they would have added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to that, you'd be like, oh, they're going to win 180 games. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, that did not happen. They're going to win still 104, 105 games probably. But they're two games back with four to play. Uh, I think, you know, wh- what do you, uh, Krupen, what do you think is going to happen uh, if you had to put money down here uh, on these last uh, four games? How is the West going to shape up? I, I should also say before I before you get to that, for context, the Dodgers play the Brewers, uh, and the Giants play the Padres, and they're both home series for the Dodgers and the Giants. So, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of rooting um, for the storylines here. Yeah. So if you look if you look right now at the way the postseason would be if it if the season ended today, um, each of these series is fantastic. So what you just said about the Dodgers. Uh, Absolutely. Right. Everyone, including so many people in your preseason prediction contest, <laughs> opening day prediction contest. Right. It was obvious the Dodgers were going to run with everything. They've got this like Cy Young stacked rotation. Um, and I was actually talking this week to a Dodger fan who said, I can't believe that after all of this, our reward is we get to play a team that just won 17 <laughs> games in a row in a one game winner take all. Right. Like that. What is this investment that comes down to nine innings, right? Incredible wild card game. Um, and on the other side, you know, Yankees Red Sox is a wild card game. That's going to be an unbelievable ticket, especially since it's going to be at Fenway, right? So few tickets to sell for such a critical game. Um, and then the other thing that I love about the way that it lines up if it started today in the NL, you've got uh, Atlanta, Milwaukee, which is essentially. Yeah. Old Milwaukee, new Milwaukee, right? This is the season after Hank Aaron died, played for both of these teams. Yeah. Good storylines. And on the other side, the ALDS series is White Sox Houston, which every time I see those two logos together, I think of 2005 World Series, which was a fantastic World Series. And we've got the White Sox, who are kind of easy to root for, probably not for you, but they, like, it's a good story this yeah. year. Um, and uh, good players, good division title for the first time in a long time. Field of, uh, Field of Dreams game was fun, all that stuff, versus Houston, who, you know, everyone hates. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's lined up good, you know, for somebody like me, for someone like you who doesn't have a, a home dog in this fight, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and I will, you're going to be put on the spot to say where your heart is in this as well. Um, so coming, coming back to that in a second. But the... Um... American League wildcard series. You, 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 I think you're maybe predicting the Yankees, Red Sox. I think you, I agree that uh, ESPN, whoever's covering, whoever's airing that game, would kill and may and may murder people to make that happen. Um, that a one game playoff between those teams would be incredible, and I, I would also want it to be at, at Fenway. Um, but right now, the current picture is the Yankees lead the wildcard chase, and the, they have the first spot. Uh, Boston is one game back. And they're a half game up on Seattle, who has today off, and they're one game up on Toronto. There's, it's still possible that this could all end in a four-way tie, which I don't even know how to tie. I haven't done that much research, and our research department is still getting back to me on how, how that shakes out. I know that's a combination of like 
A, B, C, the teams get assigned letters and then they jump, they throw, I think they throw it into a bag and then I think they shake the bag up, put it in a freezer. And I, I don't know what happens, but the Yankees, so this weekend, the Yankees play at home against the Rays who have already clinched home field until the World Series. They don't need, they don't need to win. Um, but I don't, you know, the Rays don't really phone it in ever. They're always kind of doing weird shit. Boston's playing, as you said, the, the Nationals in Washington. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Nationals are still waiting for that second half turnaround they had in 2019. Um, you know, it, it may be a late, uh, late action here. Uh, Seattle, fight. <laughs> yeah, Seattle's at home against the Angels, who they already announced they're not pitching Otani. Um, and Toronto is at home against the Orioles who I guess they're vying for the first overall pick, uh, but they probably won't get it because the Pirates are, are two games, uh, I guess, ahead, quote-unquote, of them. Um, so, and, you know, Orioles like to play spoiler. So I, this, is, this all could come down to, and I had in my original notes the, the Oakland Athletics, who up until this week were neck and neck as well, but Seattle's just swept them, uh, knocking them out of the playoffs, which is uh, quite, pretty, pretty incredible. Um, so... On this, on the playoffs as a whole, um, where's your money, and then where's your heart? Uh, I'm gonna go, Matthew. You know, we haven't heard from you in a minute. Where's your money on this? Uh, maybe in the AL wild card, but also broadly uh, in the playoffs. And then, who are you rooting for? <clears throat> I put my money on the Yankees because um, if 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 they if they do it then I've got some compensation. And if they don't, I'm happy to lose the money <laughs> just, be, just because from their misery. Um, but really my heart is with Toronto. 167 run differential. I think that should mean something. I know that there's the unwritten rules about not trying hard after sixth inning if you're blah, blah, blah. But I'm when I go to the baseball, I want to watch runs. And so I think that it should, it should, it should, count for something and the way for it to count something with with this is for is for toronto to to make it uh Krupen, what do you think i am uh i'm pulling for a uh, tampa milwaukee series because i think when you've got a a world a, a playoff bracket with new york boston san francisco la chicago <laughs> st louis Right. And then these two tiny market teams um, uh, make the, the World Series. I think that's the best outcome for all baseball fans. I don't know if my money is well spent there. Um, I think uh, I think maybe, you know, Chicago, San Francisco is is the, um, the safer bet. But I'm pulling for the underdogs. I, I think. Um... In the in the AL wildcard chase, I'm rooting for Seattle uh, only because I love for the opposite reason, Matthew. They have a negative 50 run differential, um, and for them to win 90 plus games with a negative 50 run differential, uh, granted this was as of yesterday, so that's negative 48 run differential now, uh, and th- that would be pretty. I think that would be pretty special, uh, and to see them maybe beat the Yankees in the wildcard game or the or the Red Sox, that'd be pretty fun. Um, but Regardless, uh, I think overall my money's on. I liked your rationale, Matthew, of, of putting money on the Yankees. I think, I think my money's still on the the Dodgers. I, I think the Do- even though the, it's kind of stacked against them, uh, they'll probably be in a one game playoff. Uh, but they have the 
best team on paper still, I think. Um, I like Dodgers Rays. I think maybe it, uh, that's a repeat, right? That's a, that's a repeat of 2020, the, the non-series. Yeah. 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 The one we don't recognize. <laughs> I'd forgotten it even happened. The one played in Texas. <sighs> okay. Now, now's the fun time that everybody, this is what everybody tuned in for. Um, we, it's time to like review our seasons as the Nationals fans and uh, Cleveland fans. Uh, would you all like to go first or you want me to go first? Okay, I'll take that as I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I, the Clevelands are guaranteed to have their first losing, not guaranteed, I guess, but I, I, probably as of tonight will be guaranteed to have their first losing season uh, since Tito Fancona became our manager. Um, so the bright spots on the season, there are several, which is good. Um, I think the bright spots are Jose Ramirez is putting up another MVP caliber season. He'll be in the top five vote getting i'm sure again um emmanuel classe who we got for one inning of Corey kluber <laughs> last year um is his is our is an incredible closer and has been uh you know he should get some rookie of the year votes uh he's kind of nailing down the back end of our bullpen ahmed rosario uh who we traded we got in the frankie lindor trade it seemed like maybe a pity throw in of a, a guy who you know a former top prospect who kind of hadn't, hadn't panned out and everybody kind of forgot he's only 25. And so he's, he's having a pretty, uh, a really solid season. He's been a great, very consistent hitter. Um, that you, you need players like that on your team. We just haven't had any hitters like that for, for a long time. I think, he's like a, I think he's like a 100 WRC plus, but still, we need players like that. Um, and then we traded, for, we traded a reliever who's been sh- really shitty since we traded him um, to Houston for Miles Straw, who's been an incredible center fielder, steals bases, pretty crazy and is uh has been hitting he wasn't hitting on the on the astros so and then the last thing i'd like to say is we we had the former um tigers outfielder and blue jays outfielder anthony goes who people you probably haven't heard of, heard from or maybe if you've ever heard of him uh you, you haven't heard from him in four or five seasons because he stopped being a position player and transitioned to being a pitcher which he hadn't done since high school um he throws 100 miles an hour he's a lefty uh, and he's worked his way back to the major leagues. He's back this season or this this week, um, and he's been pretty cra- crazy good. Uh, so, but I'm super excited about maybe him being in the bullpen. And then the last, the big bright spot is we have we're gonna have a new fucking name next season. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I had to say the thing I'm most upset about, I think it'd be that this may be the last we see of Tito Francona. He, it's unclear whether he'll return. He's had a lot of health issues. Uh, he's not been managing the team for most of the season, so they're still hopeful he'll be back next season, but we don't know. Um, and then last thing, so bright spots, what you're crying yourself to sleep over, and then what's the big priority for the offseason for your team? Big priority for us is to improve the lineup by a lot. We need like two really above average hitters. So, um, and, and I think the front office knows that next season is, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stake of having a, good, really, a really good first season as the Guardian. So, okay, Nats fans. Uh, what what do you have to say? You, you, you go first. You go first, Steve. Bright spots, um, crying yourself to sleep. Big priority for the off season. Um, crying myself to sleep is um, the dominant theme of the twenty twenty one season. Um, crying myself to sleep around the trade deadline uh, was the 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 nadir of it. Um, 
I was looking at this recently. Do you know who has the most stolen bases for the Nationals this year? The most stolen bases in a Nationals uniform? Trey Turner? Trey Turner. (laughs) Who hasn't been on our team in a couple of months and still has 12 more stolen bases than the second place. (laughs) Who's in second place? Juan Soto has nine somehow. And right after Juan Soto, third place, Victor Robles, who is not even on the roster right now. Um, so there's a lot to cry about. Uh, you know, it's always hard to have a rebuilding year. It's hard to have a rebuilding year after a pandemic. Um, I say that like it's a, like, you know, every time you have a rebuilding after a pandemic, that's the worst. Um, and it's really hard to have a rebuilding year after a pandemic after a World Series. So we've been on a, a bit of a, an emotional roller coaster where um, we've been crying ourselves to sleep. And then I think that the bright spot is when you wake up from that sleep and um, you have those blissful uh, few seconds before you remember that it's been our season. <laughs> I'm, 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 the bright spots for me this season have been um, watching uh, postseason games from 2019. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't get to watch any games um, live, really. Not at the moment with the kids the age they are. Even even US time day games, which are early evening for me, is during the kids' bedtime. So that that's no good. And so I get to choose during the day in my downtime, shall I watch the highlights of our, you know, four to nothing shutout against the Reds? Or shall I watch highlights of the wild card game from 2019? And let me tell you, it's not <laughs> taking me too much time to choose which link to click on. So that's one of the bright spots. The other <laughs> bright spot is a kind of like quite a boring way of looking at it. Um, but I felt that we should have rebuilt last year. And um, I think that the, 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 the trade deadline was, was grim in one way, but it looks like it's been pretty successful in the sense that we got really, really good value for the trades we made. Um, Lane Thomas is a is a real bright spot, a guy we picked up from um, uh, the Cardinals for um, half a year of John Lester. I mean, I mean, it's just it seems sarcastic to even ask for, um, and 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 we got that trade. And and Lane Thomas has been one of the most exciting players on our team. Uh, in this second half of the season, not a high bar to cross, but um, still, still a bright spot. And the pitching, um, there's been some really interesting uh, pitches we've picked up. So, you know, it's it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but um, it does feel like, you know, if you're going to break the team down, at least get something for it. And we got something for it. So there is that. Crying myself to sleep. Um, I mean, apart from the obvious is is the obvious. So I'm not going to say that, but. The thing that is kind of um, hurting me is um, something that happened today. Michael A. Taylor, who was our fourth outfielder, um, a really, really great player, always looked like he was having a great time, um, kind of sucked and just never uh, had a bat that was warm enough. But when when he did do something great, it was so cool. It was so cool. Um uh, he hit a, a, a home run against Chicago in the postseason in '17, um, uh, which which really pulled that back um, that series back. It was a, a really great moment. He made the catch for the final out 
um, to win the um, uh, series against the Dodgers in 2019. And just a really great player. Never really got a chance. He went to the Royals um, at the end of last season. They gave him a chance of playing every single day. And uh, he's, he's really shone. He's really come through and he signed a two-year, $9 million deal um, today to, to, to carry on playing in, in Kansas City. Meanwhile, Victor Robles, the player who kind of took his slot on the on the roster, is is playing in AAA because he's he's been so poor all season. So that's that's kind of left me crying myself to sleep. Big priority for the off season is continuing the rebuild. You know, we we're going to have a, a bunch of gaps, um, and um, there's 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 some holes to fill. But I also want to see whether or not we can try and get Max back. I really think that there's a, a genuine like we've got the money in the in the in the budget and um I don't think Max wants to be in Los Angeles any more than any other normal human being would want to be. So <laughs> I would love to see I'd love to see some some more rebuilding going on and I'd love to see Max back. Well, we'll be covering all of this in the off season, uh and hopefully the CBA negotiations don't fuck it all up for all of us. Uh, let's take a quick word from our sponsor and then bring it on home. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Yahoo Fantasy, which would like to remind everyone that it has pivoted entirely to football and is a little confused by all of you logging in multiple times a day to try to finish your fantasy baseball seasons. Regardless, we're just a big robot anyway, so maybe take us up on a free trial of Yahoo Fantasy Plus and you can find a new kicker or whatever it is you need for your ball bases. Just use the offer code Fantasy League that isn't DraftKings at checkout. Our thanks to Yahoo Fantasy and especially their friendly robots for another great season. All right, thank you so much to Yahoo. Um, contrary to what I was saying earlier, I am actually a huge fan of uh, Yahoo and 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 their baseball uh, um, league setup. I think everything about it is is great. And um, I, I'm personally incredibly grateful for the the joy that they've given me this season. Um, hugely grateful to the to them for their sponsorship. Um, more money in the pot for our big Battery Mates Live episode next season, um, where I will be flying by private jet to. I think where, where do we where do we land on in the end? You, you could land we, anywhere I, you wanted, Galapagos. I mean, I, <laughs> the money we're making in. I think with the with the money from this, we might we might do a baseball a battery mates live from the Dominican uh, winter league again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we a good one. Uh, we got a couple more um, uh, uh, stories to go around the horn on. Um, I, I don't massively want to do this, um, but I think we are going to talk about Shohei Otani some more. Yeah, we have to. I mean, this is <laughs> we we do have to. I, so first of all, I don't think we've talked about him enough on this show, and I. I uh... I think, you know, as evidenced by, I mean, we, I think we'd like to talk about major stories in baseball. And uh, I think we've been gravitating toward like the br- brighter lights of like controversy. And Shoyotani is genuinely just having a phenomenal season. Um, so I'm just going to run through his pitching stats and then his hitting stats. I'm just going to 3.18 ERA, 3.54 XF. So he's not like inflate, super uh, deflated ERA. Um, 156 strikeouts. Uh, it's 10.7, almost 10.8 strikeouts per inning, per nine innings. Uh, and that amounts to a 2.9 Fangraphs war, which is the 17th best pitcher in the American League. You know, nothing that all that special. You know, a very above average player. I'd take him on my team. Um, 
And then uh, when you consider he's uh, also hit 45 home runs, <laughs> he's third in, in all of baseball, I believe, on that front. Uh, 26 stolen bases, which is fourth in the American League. Uh, you know, 960 OPS, 152 WRC plus. Uh, and on the offensive side with the bat alone, he's worth five wins above replacement, which is seventh in the American League on its own. So, and he also happens to lead the league in triples. <laughs> A pitcher leads the league in triples. Okay, this is like, people have talked about, oh, it's like Babe Ruth. Um, and Babe Ruth in 1919 had a phenomenal season. Like, a, like he had a more pedestrian pitching line than that, but a, a maybe much more, like, superstar-y hitting line. Um, but to do, to be essentially an all-star caliber player on both sides of the, of the, of the ball? You don't say it that way. On both sides of the, what do you say? Both sides of the game? I yeah, I should, I should know that. Uh, anyway, um, is is pretty special, and I just you know we're witnessing this. It's pretty great, uh, and I think you know, I guess the question for you all is: is he the clear MVP, or is there a case to be made if Toronto sneaks their way into the playoffs for someone like uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Marcus Semien, who both have had phenomenal seasons? The, the first thing is that um, Shohei Otani shows that the designated hitter rule is terrible and should be scrapped. Uh, it, it is criminal that he plays on an American League uh, team instead of in the National League. Um, it shames all of baseball. Um, so that's thing one. Thing two is he should be the MVP and he should be the Cy Young winner. <laughs> I, I mean, why not? Why shouldn't he be? I mean, the, the the case against that is is so weak. I mean, he's 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 phenomenal on both sides of the ball, as you put it. Well, there are sixteen better pitchers in the American League this season by by wins above replacement. That would be the reason. Yeah, but, not to but, give, but 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 they're they're not hitting yeah. by 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 not hitting. So I, I think I think he should be both. That's that's what I would vote for if I had a um, if I had a vote. And I I think that battery makes. Yeah. We're on the cusp of, of being in the baseball race. That's right. That's right. So we're not far off. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I think it's a shame that um, their season just kind of collapsed so early um, because the only thing that would be better than what Otani is doing right now on both sides of the ball, just so we've now all three of us have said it, <laughs> um, is for him to do it in games that mattered, right? He hasn't even done it the last few months in games with Mike Trout on the field, too. Certainly hasn't done it with Anthony Rendon healthy on the field um so it feels like this huge untapped potential um it it's unbelievable what he is doing it gives lie as matthew says to the idea that pitchers can't be expected to hit and um therefore we should coddle them and we should um cheat and make different rules except for in the world series the games that matter the most when we should totally <laughs> change the rules and make people play a different sport that they've been playing all year um uh yeah, he's he's absolutely unbelievable, and I I love what's happening in Toronto. I love what they've been doing. I mean, Semyon hitting, breaking the record for most home runs by a second baseman. By the way, in the same year that um, uh, that someone broke the record for most home runs by a catcher, Salvi Perez. Yeah, yeah. Salvi Perez. I mean, what a cool way for these two. You know, if you were to rank the positions, you would expect the least offensive output from, uh, excluding the pitcher, of course. Um, catcher in second base is kind of it, right? It's like, that's, that's why I played second base growing up. Um, and uh, it, it's cool to see those records get broken. I love what's happening in Toronto. Um, and, uh, you know, back to my earlier comments about what MVP means. 
Um, I think that Vlad deserves a lot of credit for for getting his team to to compete and to be to have an exciting year. Um, but how can you possibly look back uh, historically on this season that Otani is uh, playing and you know be like, oh, I wonder who won the MVP that year? And it's like someone from Toronto. Like, Come on, like, <laughs> didn't even obviously. make the playoffs. <laughs> Right, like let's let's be on the right side of history. Yeah, Toronto who got bounced in the in the one game playoff or didn't even make it. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. Uh, the the so just you know if there is more controversy here, we might be covering Otani more. And there was we got the first little snippet of controversy this week where um, uh, a writer who speaks fluent Japanese uh, went back and and listened to his interviews uh, and said that the, basically the translator. Uh, wasn't picking up on some of the, or wasn't reporting so, uh, in his translations, some of the uh, kind of, you know, uh, tone, I guess, or what he was saying about whether he was displeased about how the Angels have handled their front office. Um, and, and hinting that, yeah, he was basically saying, you, gotta, you better improve this team or he's not sticking around for, he's only under contract for two more years. Um, and they have two of the best players on the planet, and they can't put a good team together. And they, and you know what, Anthony Rendon isn't bad either. So, okay, Shohei Otani, uh, th- we'll get back to you. We'll, you're going to be the MVP almost certainly. Uh, we'll we'll come back to you. Uh, okay, last last up here. Um, this is something we've covered a little bit, and I want to report back on it. Minor league pitch clocks. So most of the minor leagues have a pitch clock as a, a test to try to reduce the to increase the pace of the game, um, and there was a test this season in low A, the low A West League, formerly the California League, I'm told. Um, not to be confused with the California Penal League, which is something completely different. They got um, their own uniforms and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were testing a 15-second pitch clock, uh, which the way that works is pitcher has to deliver a pitch within 15 seconds. If he doesn't, that's an automatic ball. And in the other part of the rule, which I didn't know uh, until I read the story, is it's an automatic strike if the batter isn't ready in the batter's box after eight seconds uh, or with eight seconds left to go in the 15 seconds, somewhere in the middle. Um, but uh, the, the ramifications here are pretty stark. So first of all, reduce, reduce the average length of the game by 21 minutes uh, from three, three hours and two seconds to two hours and 41 Sorry, three hours and, tw- and two minutes to two hours and 41 minutes. Uh, and just so people have the context, the big league game is about three hours and nine minutes, um, which is over almost 20, 20 minutes longer than it was just 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, okay. The other thing that's really mind-blowing here, and maybe not that mind-blowing, but in, in, important, is that the other consequences are there have been more runs scored since they, they, they've been testing this. There's more action, more, it's more offense in general, more home runs, fewer walks, and fewer strikeouts. Fewer walks, which is interesting. Um, so really reduce, reducing the three true outcomes and doing more of the, bringing more of the things that everybody says they want, which is like, just I want to see more action in the game. Um, and then the, the thing that really blew my mind is, in this test so far, they haven't seen a drop in the average fastball velocity, which is what everybody thinks is going to happen because pitchers can't load up um, between pitches, which is what they say that they need the you know, 30 seconds between pitches. Um, so, okay, purists. I, I'm, I'm labeling you both purists because you, like you, you hate the designated hitter. Purists, uh, I assume your pitchforks are ready. A clock in baseball? How, how, what's your reaction? Krupen? 
absolutely hate the idea of a clock in baseball because I am correctly stereotyped as a purist. I hate, I just, I hate the idea of it. I have to say, um, I might be a persuadable voter because I saw a side by side on Twitter of uh, a couple of pitches in this league next to uh, a major league game. And the pace of it looks completely different, right? It looks like a major league game kind of the way that I watch, uh, the way that I listen to battery mates, right? It's like at 1.5 speed. And <laughs> the, the rhythm of it is so much better. The walking around the mound, the stepping out of the box, stepping back into the box. Um, it, it's, it's much more interesting to watch. I would imagine it's also much more interesting uh, in the stands and it would generate a lot more energy for the fans there. Um, I'm not surprised that the, the pitcher's velocity hasn't gone down. I think, yes, you need some rest, but you also have some momentum and you have some rhythm and there's a cadence there. So my compromise here um, to, to pull me over to the other side is instead of a digital clock, let's just have a sweep second hand. Just to make it a little more pure, a little more classic. And, you know, you don't have that, that clock ticking down like you're in one of the other inferior sports. Um, but I think you're, you're, you're missing the, the big story here, Toby. Um, oh, no. Or do I, have to call you, do I have to call you Guardian? What do I? But, yeah, that, I, I changed my name right. to Guardian as well. Yes, okay, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't know how it worked. Um, <laughs> the, the big story here is the last time that you invited me on this show, I proposed a, uh, a DH compromise that oh. is being tested this year in the Atlantic League, which is you can have a DH. But when you pull your starter, you also lose your DH. So I like we have that to decide rule. When you pull our starter, and we have to decide: Are we going to send up the reliever? Are we going to send up a DH? So at the end of the game, in these, you know, we get these um, uh, NL-style rules, and in those consequential innings, the strategy totally changes. That, to me, is the big 2021 minor league experiment that uh, that we all need to be paying attention to. I, I really like that. I, I knew they were experimenting. I haven't seen like how the reaction's been, um, but I I, uh, I I really like that one. Um, it reminds it's, me. It's, kind it's of... gone. It's gone terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? No, I have no idea. <laughs> it, it reminds me. It reminds me of idea. the the pitch. There's the pitch clock compromise has been proposed too. So it's similar that, that that you can have a pitch clock, but only for relief pitchers. Uh, because they're the ones often who are just like like every pitch just airing it out, uh, and so they're really loading up between between. But there's there are so many starting pitchers who take their sweet ass time. Um, besides yeah. the sweet ass part of that. Um, okay, uh, I think Matthew, anything you want to say about pitch clocks? No, no, I think you know Steve has kind of represented my views there as well in the sense that like I start from a position of purism, but can be persuaded and 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 it's action that i think we want um the the thing for me is that we need to get away from the measuring this by how long the game is i'm not interested in how long the game is i'm interested in how much action there is in the game so pace of play is important if if it results in more action but if there's a lot of hits being hit and uh, <laughs> there's loads of there's lo- there's loads of small ball that that can be time consuming i would happily watch three and a half hours four hours of small ball if there's a lot of um stuff going on i don't want to watch four hours of people pacing around the mound and 
you know, taking their sweet ass time in the in the box and doing their gloves fifteen times. So you know, I, I'm I'm less interested in in how long the game lasts and more interested in the fact that this change is resulting in in more action. Um, you know, fewer walks and fewer strikeouts and so on. That 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 is what attracts me to this, not the uh, length of the game. Yeah, and just like every speech is a speech about America, Steve, um, that you said, Steve, uh, every episode of Battery Mates is an episode about America, and we we want more action is absolutely the message we're trying to send. Um, and you get to define that however you'd like. So um, I think with that, we should wrap this episode up. Uh, Krupen, it's it's been great having you on. Uh, you know, if the Nats rally and make the playoffs, we'll have you back. Uh, in October before the little one arrives. But if not, good luck uh, with that, um, your impending yeah. offspring. Um, <laughs> uh, Matthew, I guess I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to talk about what our postseason um, Battery Mates episodes look like. I have some time off coming up, so I might I might get to watch more baseball um, in this postseason without the Nationals there than I have during the regular season. But we need to talk about that. Um, what I, what we don't need to talk about is you know um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on for the three of us with kids coming and jobs and everything else and the one thing that I think unites all of us is that whatever is coming at us we just need to keep shagging those balls keep shagging those balls.